0: Welcome to Arkansas AgCast, your source for the latest news and views in Arkansas agriculture. Arkansas AgCast is produced by the Arkansas Farm Bureau Federation. Welcome to the Arkansas AgCast for April 22nd. I'm your host, Ken Moore. On this week's edition, we talk about the potential impact of cold weather on one grower's peach crop. We hear from the Speaker of the Arkansas House of Representatives about agriculture-focused legislation. And we get another update on happenings at the state legislature from Arkansas Farm Bureau's own Jeff Pitchford. First... Peach and berry growers have already dealt with sub-zero and sub-freezing weather events this year, which have resulted in crop loss. Now, this week, another freeze warning was issued for much of west and north Arkansas, which threatened their crops again. I traveled to Peach Pickin' Paradise in Johnson County to talk with Mark Morgan about how the weather has affected his crop this year and what he was doing to protect it from this last potential freeze. Welcome to this week's edition of Arkansas Cast. I'm Ken Moore. And today, I had the opportunity to drive up to Clarksville, Arkansas, or just north of Clarksville, to Peach Picking Paradise, one of our great peach orchards here in the state of Arkansas, owned by Mark and Shay Morgan and their family here. They've been around for several decades and have become a destination for peach lovers here in Arkansas. And uh, we're going to be talking about uh, the 2021 crop uh, and the outlook. And I'm visiting with Mark Morgan right now. And... Uh, Mark, today is April 19 and we were just visiting a few minutes ago about that magic date where we think we should be past the last freeze of the season. We had one now about a month ago where temperatures got down right around that magic number of uh, 30, 31 degrees and so just kind of tell me 2021 has been a little bit different. You've, you've encountered freezes before on your peach crop, uh, and they're never good. You have to protect your trees this time of year. But uh, go all the way back to February when uh, we got down and had record-breaking temperatures. How did that uh, sub-zero event uh, affect your peach crop?
1: It, it definitely affected it. You know, uh, it's, it's pretty variety-specific. Um Going through, you know, you can look at, at what set blooms. Uh, we do have some varieties that we just pretty much lost almost all of them. But, you know, we've also got some varieties that uh, that had pretty good, uh, you know, they, they were just a little bit behind. So uh, we're going to have a crop on those. Uh, you know, that being said, it, it definitely decreased the, the number of fruit, you know, the amount of fruit that we're going to have going into some of these later April freezes. Uh, so, you know, you, you kind of like to go into those with a full, a uh, full crop load, but, you know, we may be a, a little bit below what we'd like, you know, you're always below what you like, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, it, it's going to be interesting, you know, right now they're saying, uh, you know, 31, 32, they'll, they'll change it, uh, you know, a few times, uh, before it gets here, but, you know, we've, uh, we're so far along, we're, we're out of shuck split and just into open peaches, uh, you know, we've got fertilize in them. And so, uh, you know, if it stays around that 31, 32, you know, I hope we'll be okay.
0: Well, I'm glad to hear you say that because I know that uh, every spring we, you know, we warm up, it seems like uh, toward the end of March, first of April, we get into the 70s and even pushing up, bumping up around 80 degrees. And, uh, and of course, the overnight lows are in the 50s, low 60s. But we have these late fronts that come through that for whatever reason (laughs) this time of year mid-April drop that temperature down one last time. For the benefit of our listeners who aren't familiar when you are threatened by sub freezing temperatures even if it's just for a few hours
1: what do you have to do that's an expensive proposition to try to protect your buds. Yeah well you know there's in the scheme of things there's really not much you can do it's kind of out of your hands. Uh, Now we've flown it depends on the stage uh of the fruit. It depends on uh, you know, a lot of things down to the dew point. Uh, you know, we've flown helicopters before uh where we've thought it's helped. We've flown helicopters uh you know whenever it, it may have even hurt. Uh you know, I I like to be out here, you know, me and my dad'll be out here uh in events just to kind of know. You know, it, it helps to you can't always go by the you know, for us in the river valley you know, we're between Little Rock and Fort Smith. We get a lot of Fort Smith numbers and stuff, and that's just not the case here. We're mm-hmm. we're off, you know, I just want to know what it is, uh, you know, in our area. And so, uh, you know, we've, uh, we've created some smoke before. We've got our pruning clippings out here still that, you know, try to get a wall up, uh, you know, to kind of create an insulator layer of smoke, you know, but that's not going to buy you much time. Uh, but, you know, we've done some things like that in the past, burn hay. Uh, it, it like I said, it really depends on the state, uh, and, and it's just part of the business. It's going to be there, uh, you know, where we're at. You're going to have stuff, uh, you know. It's going to get cold on you in April when you don't want it to. Uh, you know, that's just uh, that's kind of part of the business uh, coming up through it. Talk about how growing
0: different varieties of peaches, they they can be more uh, cold resistant, freeze
1: resistant, if you will, in anticipation of these events. Yeah, we uh, we'll see. You know, last year what got us was April. It was April twenty second last year. We had a hailstorm oh, uh, that okay. really marked a bunch of them up and and knocked. Uh, you know, they were they were small enough that what it didn't mark up, it just knocked off the tree. Uh, but you know, I thought we did a great job. Our our staff and and family uh, and and really our customers too. You know, we had to set some special rules to get through COVID. Um, I think we yeah. did it safely. Uh, and, you know, that's a team effort. That's not, a, that's, that's not just, a, you know, one or two people saying we're going to do something, uh, you know, and the customers played a big part of that too. As for the varieties, uh, you know, we plant different varieties just for different flavors. They've all got different flavors. They ripen at different times. You know, if we had every variety get ripe at once, you know, you'd only have about a two-week season, and, boy, it'd be a busy two weeks. Uh, so it kind of helps extend our season a little bit. This year, what we lost in February, and you know, we we do have some, uh, you know, our Lorings, our Topaz, Bel Air, the the ones that really started swelling that bud, you know, they weren't quite into popcorn stage, but uh, they they they'd woken up a little bit, uh, you know, they were they were active enough that it really bit them, and so we're just not going to have very many of those now, uh, you know, Red Haven, Crest Haven, uh, you know, peaches like that, those were both developed in Michigan uh, you know, they're a little bit later, uh, and whenever that tree wakes up and really, really starts, uh, you know, developing that bud. And so, uh, you know, we may even have to come through and thin some of those, uh, you know, no two years are the same. It's going to be a, uh, it's going to be a different year just because there's going to be some that we've got a good crop on. We're going to have to thin because there's too many. And then there's going to be some that, you know, we've got a bunch of trees that that just aren't going to have the, you know, they may have a few peaches, but they don't have near a normal crop load. So uh, it's going to be one of those seasons. and And this is all, you know, as of right now, we get dropped down way low in a few days. That's going to affect it. We get a, you know, maybe a hail storm. Hopefully we miss that maybe we get too much rain maybe we get not enough rain you know there's there's all kinds of uh all kinds of factors that go into 2021 uh you know until we actually get the crop out we there's really just so many factors that uh you know i, I hate to speculate on what it can do but you know we're always going to try to be positive and if we can crop it we're going to crop it because uh you know we've got a great customer base that that we're going to try to get some fruit to and uh
0: you know we've seen orchards in arkansas over the last 10 to 20 years unfortunately some have actually just shut down they just gone out of business uh there was one there in uh, faulkner county uh, collins round mountain that had tree disease and uh, and sadly they had to just close down their orchard because and it had been very popular for years and years i know you're you know you're one of a few left here in the state we do have a few still going but uh you know, how important is it? You're, I think you're the only destination between here, really, and, and, and Faulkner County, aren't you? Between Fort Smith and Faulkner County, where people can come get fresh peaches. And so you serve as quite a large customer base.
1: Yeah, uh, and and we, uh, you know, the hard part about the peach business is, uh, you know, I enjoy it. I enjoy getting to work with my dad uh, that's passed it down, you know, from his dad. And, and he's still just as active in this as anybody, uh, you know, and so... Uh, getting to work with with families a good thing but I tell you, you it, it does change you know we've got uh, disease pressure here um you know we we don't get near as many years out of an orchard that we used to we did set a new orchard uh two years ago that uh it's we're not going to crop it this year but you know we've got over 3,000 trees planted at a new location with a deer fence uh and you know next year hopefully we're cropping it and we're going to try some new varieties uh you know going to have some of the same old favorites and uh you know just kind of try to keep it going uh, it is a difficult business uh the labor demands are high it's not a uh you know like i said there's so many outside factors that uh that that it is a, a challenging business but you know i think the ones that are left enjoy the challenge uh you know it, it's definitely different than other kinds of agriculture uh but uh you know it's something that that, that i enjoy and you know maybe if we can keep it going. Uh, you know, just even if my kids want to come back and do that, that's great. But, you know, uh, here in a few years, they're going to be old enough to help. And, uh, you know, they'll get to be a part of that labor crew. Uh, and, you know, maybe they'll develop some lessons they can take later in life, even if it doesn't uh, doesn't involve a peach. Well, it is a family tradition, a family heritage
0: that the Morgans have here in Johnson County. And uh, people have been driving here for 10 20 30 years to and look forward to peaches and uh, and they will be doing that this year so if everything goes according to plan and uh, you get some favorable weather what is the time frame when you typically begin inviting people out
1: it really you know we have about a a six to seven week season Uh, you know we're not able to be open every day like we we like to uh you know there's going to have to be some days we shut down some days we're open but you know usually that last week of june's pretty close we always used to tell people call uh, call july 4th you know when it's july 4th you know we're either going to say hey yeah we've started or we're getting really close uh you know they're they are weather dependent they can't read a calendar you know that temperature in may is really going to dictate uh you know when they're, they're actually ready Uh, and so it's uh you know it's just it's it's really a flexible model uh you have to be flexible uh and and that's kind of difficult to convey to some customers that you know they may have came july 15th and got this variety last year and they come this year expecting to get that same variety and you know we may have been done with it for two weeks uh you know it it just every year's different but uh but we we try to adapt uh but you know generally to answer your question late june uh, all the way through July, really, maybe that first week August just kind of depends uh you know we 're usually done before school's out or before school gets back going and you guys are
0: active on social media, you have a Facebook page people can visit so you can kind of post and and inform people uh when to uh when you 're going to be opening up here uh at the uh at the packing shed here i, I we've been here before with you guys with you and Shay and and you have been blowing and going in the peak of the season, you know. It's exciting to see those customers out here, out here walking amongst the trees and picking their own. And then you'll even have some picked already. And uh, so uh, talk about your Facebook page and, and how they can get info.
1: Yeah, uh, we do uh, have a Facebook page. Now, uh, you know, when we're open, uh, it's active in the off season. We tend to leave people alone, uh, you know, for the most part. But, uh, but you bet we'll have updates on it. Uh, the best way to still contact our business is, especially whenever we get closer to that June, July and August is by phone, uh, you know, because uh, it's good to, uh, you know, Facebook is a tool, but and, and we do our best to, to keep it updated. But, you know, there'll be times that, you know, we're, we're still a family farm and you're getting that 50 to 100 messages a day uh, you know, that's, it's difficult to respond to people, but we do have somebody to answer phone and, and, you know, we're a face-to-face business. I like talking to people. Uh, and so, you know, on the phones, not face-to-face, but you know, if we can, if we can talk to you, it's just, uh, you know, I feel like that's, that's what's best for our customers, uh, as far as getting the info out, but yeah, start, you know, checking in June, we'll be on Facebook. All right. Well, Mark, it's great seeing you again and visiting the, uh,
0: the orchard here today on a beautiful uh spring day <laughs> and let us just keep our fingers crossed that uh, that forecast is wrong maybe the wind will blow that night right and uh, anytime you get a breeze you don't get the frost and the bad freeze and hopefully the good lord will keep that wind blowing up here on the ridge on your orchard uh in two nights
1: yeah maybe even a cloud or two you know if we can we can get some clouds that keeps it from dipping you know those clear nights that are still those are the ones that you think about but but i appreciate it ken
0: all right, I've been visiting with Mark Morgan, owner of Peach Pickin Paradise here just north of Clarksville, Arkansas, on this edition of Arkansas AgCast. Arkansas Farm Bureau's Public Affairs and Governmental Relations Department, along with Lolly Creamery, hosted an ice cream social for members of the General Assembly at the Capitol April 20th. During the event, I caught up with Representative Matthew Shepard of El Dorado, Speaker of the House of Representatives, to discuss action taken during this year's session on Agricultural Priority. On this edition of AgCast, I am at the Arkansas State Capitol, and it is ice cream social day for our state legislators. And I am very privileged to be speaking right now with uh, State Representative Matthew Shepard. He is Speaker of the House of the Arkansas House of Representatives. And, Mr. Speaker, thank you for giving me just a few minutes of your
2: time. Glad Glad to be with you. Always a pleasure.
0: Tell us how the session has gone, especially as it relates to agricultural issues, which is what we're very concerned about. Uh, and you are a good supporter of our policy down here at the state capitol. But how has it gone this year?
2: I I think we've had a good session. Uh, You know, the biggest challenge we've had is just obviously dealing with COVID and trying to have a safe and healthy session, make sure our members stay healthy. Uh, At the outset of the session, one of the concerns was would we have, you know, might we end up in, in a situation where we don't have enough members for committees or on the House floor. We've been very fortunate, very blessed to be able to have, you know, as as much as we could within reason, a fairly normal session. And you know, on the agricultural front, as you know, I was the former chair of the House Ag Committee. It's obviously an issue uh, or an area that's very important to me, and I know it's very important to my constituents. But I think on the Ag front, I think we've had a positive session. Uh, you know, I know we've done some things, whether it's meat inspection or the dairy program. Uh, we've had some, you know, some good bills that have come through there. And I think Representative Bald has done a great job as chairman of the House Ag Committee. And uh, you know, ultimately, I think it's not just a credit to the membership, but really the membership of Farm Bureau uh, being engaged and letting the members know how they feel about those issues.
0: Well, thank you very much for your support. And I was, and you referenced the meat inspection bill. That's kind of been one of our top priorities for this session. We got the framework done. Now we just got to get the funding mechanism passed as uh, part as part of, as part of uh, revenue stabilization. How do you see that? Do you think we've got a chance to get that in? Will that get done before the end of the session?
2: I think we've got a chance. Uh, you know, I think that uh, as we look at the upcoming fiscal year, it's going to take a little bit of time to roll out that program. So maybe the need initially is not going to be as great as it will be on down the road. But, uh, you know, I know it's something that's on our radar. We're hoping to uh, work something out that will uh, allow us to really uh, begin that process of implementing that program.
0: Broadband expansion is another key. Uh, priority, and we've done some work in the past on that, but it, we still need to fund more. We still ha- need to expand that further. COVID kind of made that need uh, very uh, important last year, and as we do virtual learning, things of that nature, where are we on that?
2: Well, you know, back uh, out of the CARES Act, we put a, a, I can't remember the exact amount, we put a pretty uh, solid amount of money into broadband, into rural broadband. There's still more work to be done, uh, right now, I think that, that the approach is that we're wet, kind of watching to see what comes down from D.C. We anticipate there's going to be quite a bit of funding from the federal government on that. And so we want to make sure we're maximizing not only our state dollars but our federal dollars to uh, maximize the deployment of broadband across Arkansas. It's not only an issue for ag. It's it's an economic development issue. It's an issue that touches each one of us. And so I'm hopeful that we can continue to make you know substantial progress on that front.
0: And then uh, you mentioned the dairy issues, and uh, we're going to be discussing that today in committee again, special resolution. We've got some of our dairy farmers here today for this ice cream social, very appropriate. Uh, they, we, we don't have that many dairies left, as you know, in Arkansas. Uh, we need to keep the ones we do have. So uh, where are we going on that?
2: Well, I think that just, uh, you know, the resolution, I think, is a positive step just to heighten really the, the critical need in that area uh but you know there's I don't know that there's any silver bullet solution to that I think it's a I think that there's an educational component that certainly farm bureau and others play I think there's a legislative component at the state level and then undoubtedly there's going to be a component at the federal level uh but but it's important that whether it's in dairy or whether it's row crop or cattle or uh, across the board it's important for Arkansas's future and our country's future that we have uh you know, sustainable uh and, and uh, supportive ag programs because uh you know we, we all understand what we're facing not just as a nation but really the demands of the world just in terms of an exploding population and so you know dairy is just is one area but it really highlights the need that we have to we have to continue to do what we can to uh to try and expand in that area and make Arkansas a place where you know dairy farmers can live and work and, and uh and go about their business.
0: Well, we need to support them. Uh, They're working hard uh, to maintain uh, what little dairy industry we still have. Uh, Many of them uh, have uh, multi-generational family farms that have been here for a long time. So, again, thank you for your support. Thank you for your leadership in the House of Representatives. And uh, we look for a successful conclusion to the session.
2: Likewise, and thank you. Thanks for having me. We've
0: been speaking with Representative Matthew Shepard, Speaker of the House of Representatives, on this edition of Arkansas AgCast. Finally, Keith Sutton sat down once more with Arkansas Farm Bureau State Affairs Director Jeff Pitchford for a deeper dive into happenings at the legislature.
3: Welcome to AgCast. I'm Keith Sutton with Arkansas Farm Bureau and today my guest again is Jeff Pitchford, Director of Public Affairs and Government Relations here at Farm Bureau. Jeff, uh, we're back, gosh, I don't know how many weeks in a row we've been able to do this, but we got another update for everybody on what's happening down at the Capitol with our legislature. So.
4: Yeah, Keith, we're, we're still at it uh, down there, even though April's about to turn into May. And, uh, but I think the end is near, as they would say. Uh, they are, we are working on some tax issues, and they are talking about constitutional amendments, and the rumor that uh, everyone's hearing is that the the budget bill, the the big overall budget bill, uh, it's called the Revenue Stabilization Act, it's called RSA, that it will be on the desk of members this week, which is very important. Usually, it has to be on the desk for at least three days, and when that's done, uh, that's when everybody's starting to get boxes and bags and pack up and, right. and go, so uh, you know it's... Ends near, so if you've got anything out there, it's time to get your knitting done and 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 get ready. So that's what we're trying to do. There's a few things that we've got to wrap up uh, before we go.
3: What are some of those things, Jeff? That's still still yet to get done that here at the tail end of everything.
4: Well, thankfully, um, actually today here on Monday, but we'll know it'll, it'll be through probably by the end of this week. Is the uh, water conservation a credit bill uh, that we were supportive of. It will just expand an existing program. Hopefully, get more farmers involved in it, uh, and to use the, the this program, uh, the work they would do in in conserving water and using more surface water, they'll they'll be able to get a tax credit on the back end. So it's a great program for the farmer. It's also good for the environment. And uh, so that bill has made it out of the house and it got through Senate. Uh, Revenue and Taxation Committee this morning. So it's got momentum. We feel very confident that it'll be on the Senate floor uh, this week and then on to the governor. So that's a good program. That's a good deal. It'll
3: provide an additional incentive. Uh, Not that our farmers actually need it, but they're real good about water conservation. But it's an additional incentive financially to get involved in
4: Absolutely. It gives them another tool in the toolbox and yeah. the ability to recover some of the funds that they're going to have to spend maybe to participate in the program. So it's one of those win-win uh, bills out there. So uh, out there, they're talking about constitutional amendments. We haven't touched on that uh, because we really haven't gotten anywhere uh, on these. Uh, I, something with momentum that's come out of the House and going to the Senate is a constitutional amendment that would be on the ballot in 2022. That would be similar to an issue that was on the ballot back in 2020. Uh, this is the, uh, it, would, it would change the constitution to say that if you're going to put anything on the ballot in the future, the legislature would have to pass it by 60% or more uh, from their chambers, or if there was an initiated act and it was put on the ballot, Public would have to vote by 60% or more. So it would, uh, it's kind of the 60% amendment. And so that does set a high threshold. But again, you are amending the Constitution. So whatever is being done and whatever is being voted on. It should be taken very seriously, and so uh, that's one that seems to have a lot of momentum.
3: So that's, that's 60% instead of just a simple majority, right?
4: That is correct, Keith. It, just, uh, it would be 60% for the General Assembly to put it on the ballot. It would be 60% for the general public uh, to pass it. And so a high bar, but uh, something that I think uh, would uh, – would be interesting. Arkansas would be uh, one of the few states that would have something like that. Uh, But uh, again, that is about amendments to the Arkansas Constitution. There's a couple others out there that um, I'm not making any predictions, Keith, uh, but they seem to have a little little bit of momentum. One would be about gun rights in Arkansas. It would just uh, strengthen some of the the current rights that we have with that. And uh, another one would be that the general assembly would be able to call itself into session if it had at least two thirds of each chamber signing that they uh, that they wanted to be uh, called into session. Right now, the governor is the only one that can call the general assembly into a special session uh, outside of their regular session, and so um, be interesting to see if that if that makes it. But uh, those seem to be the ones that are getting the most conversation in the hallways about, and so we'll see. Uh, how that goes
3: remind us again how many of those can uh, they put on the ballot next year
4: that's a great question keith it's three and um sometimes they don't do all three but most of the times they do so uh it usually comes down to uh, the house of representatives picks a favorite and the senate picks a favorite and then they have to discuss which one will be the third one so uh, we'll see uh, how that goes. So, but now that they're starting to talk about those, that's really one of those last things that they kind of do toward the end of the end of the session. So, uh, a couple of other bills uh, that we've talked about before, uh, one was Senate Bill three twelve. That's the one that talked about foreign ownership of of oh, agriculture yeah. land in Arkansas. That bill is being amended. And uh, so to really, it would be a reporting requirement that the Arkansas Department of Ag would have to, to do uh, when there's a purchase of, from, of agriculture land from foreign entities. So uh, that one has definitely changed over the last few weeks. And then uh, the Cottage Food Industry Bill, uh, Senate Bill 248, that's the Food Freedom Bill, uh, it's going to be amended as well. Uh, we, we did have concerns about that. Uh, the it, it dealt with the selling of meat, and that was going to put the state meat inspection program uh, at potential risk. And so uh, the sponsors have, have agreed to amend that to where it does not include the selling of meat, poultry, seafood, or even potentially hazardous uh, foods, which would be something with dairy or eggs in it. Uh, and so with that... Uh, that bill is it certainly has changed as well, and so we're still taking a look at it. But it's certainly different. And I know we've talked about those in the in the past. I wanted to give everybody an update. They're still out there, and I guess there's a few others. But um, there, there is one more tax bill on poultry. We've talked about that. That would uh, give a tax credit for those that use a have to pay for water, uh, not their own well, but if they had to pay it through a municipality. And so that bill has made it out of the House and is um, going to the Senate. And so that would give a little bit of a break to poultry farmers who have to purchase their water and pay a sales tax on it. So hopefully we can get that one through this week and – And try to wrap this thing up. You know, it's going to be July 4th before we're... we're We've been wrapping like
3: wrapping and wrapping. This thing's (laughs) all wrapped up in a way, but not quite done yet. So uh, we'll keep everybody up to date. Once again, we'll try to talk each week and bring them the latest news from the Capitol. That's right, Keith. We appreciate your help, Jeff. Absolutely. as always.
0: That's all for this week's Arkansas AgCast. Come back again next Thursday for more news and views on Arkansas agriculture.